You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. And all right, keep your Bibles out here as we're in the book of Psalm this morning. We look at the book of Psalms here and we find uh, a place where we open up and we find comfort. Isn't it amazing when trials and burdens are in our life, we, uh, we run to the book of Psalms. Uh, we find all of the, uh, the outpouring of David's heart to God and we see how God took care of David and it brings comfort into our lives. And so as we, we look at David and his life, during this time right here, David is in a whirlwind. When you stop and think about David's whole life, his whole life is a whirlwind. I mean, up to the time of, uh, of him being a shepherd and a young lad, maybe 17 years old, uh, 18, whatever the, the time frame was that uh, he ended up going and uh, now he is taking the, uh, the bread to, and cheese to his brothers who are fighters, they're warriors, they're, they're military. And, and we just see how David went from a nobody to a somebody immediately. I mean, now David goes from being an unknown shepherd. In just a few minutes, David is going to end up fighting Goliath, the, the uh, giant of Gath, and he, this Philistine, and David is going to kill him. And when he does, what we find is that David comes out victorious. Well, here's this young boy fighting a seasoned warrior uh, who dwarfed him. Uh, they, they believe if they go by cubits uh, as an 18-inch cubit, uh, which is it's an average. A cubit is from the tip of your finger to the bottom of your elbow. And so 18 inches is a standard cubit. If you go by the 18-inch cubit, uh, Goliath was 9 feet 9 inches tall. And here you've got this young man who's a shepherd, not a warrior, coming out to fight him. And David ends up killing Goliath. Takes, you know the story, he takes the sling and spins it around and the, had the, the five smooth stones. And one of those stones, that first one, it flew and it hit him in the forehead and down goes Goliath. And the stone was not what killed Goliath though. David had to go over and grab Goliath's sword and he pulled that sword out and he ended up cutting off Goliath's head. Now, uh, we, we sort of have this envision it was just one smooth swipe of a sword. Uh, if you have ever slaughtered any animals, you understand that that was not the case. And so it was a, this was a, a very gory situation. This was not a, uh, a razor sharp knife that just went completely through uh, like no big deal. Uh, and so here we have this event that takes place. And now David all of a sudden is elevated in the sight of everybody in the, in the uh, country. The king knows who he is, and, and the people know who he is. And not only do they know who he is, the women start singing that David has slain his or Saul hath slain his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. And so now all of a sudden, his fame has exceeded the fame of the king, and he has he now lifted up. David, is, his life was just a whirlwind. Well, pretty soon the king gets... King gets envious, jealous. And so now he's seeking to kill David. 
And there's a whole process that takes place where David is in the kingdom, he's out, he's back in. But, but now what we find is David is in the cave of Adullam. Uh, and, and we go back to 1 Samuel chapter 22 and 21 and 22, and we, we read the event that is leading up to this psalm. And, and David is in a place where his life is being sought. It, his enemies were not just somebody that un, unliked him on Facebook. His enemies were not somebody that just uh, snubbed their nose at him when, uh, when they walked by. Uh, it wasn't just that they uh, ignored him. His enemies were enemies that were literally, literally trying to take his life. And so David now is crying out to God. And let's look at this again. Verse number five, every day they rest my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather themselves together. They hide themselves. They mark my steps. When they wait for my soul, shall they escape by iniquity? In thine anger, cast down the people, O God, and tell us my wanderings. Uh, put thou my tears in thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? And David here is crying out to God, and David is wanting to be vindicated. David is wanting God to take care of his enemies. And, you know, we, we in the New Testament, you know, we are to love our enemies. Old Testament, it was an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And so here he was, he was seeking, listen, God, they're trying to kill me. You kill them uh, and just take them out. Now it's a different, uh, it's different in the New Testament, but sometimes I'd like to go back to the Old Testament, wouldn't you? Uh, but, but here we, we, read David's, uh, his cry to God. But look at verse number nine. It says, when I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. Just stop and think about that for a minute. This I know, for God is for me. This morning, I want to speak to you on that subject. God is for you. God is for you. God's not just the God for David. God's not just the God for Solomon. God's not just the God for Elijah and Samuel and, and these prophets and the apostle Paul. God is for you. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning as we look at these truths and help us, Lord, to sense and to see some things that would encourage us in our walk, in our walk with you and our closeness to you. So help us now this morning, for Christ's sake, amen. We look here and, uh, and David is, is, is a man who has, up to this point, he has been living and acting in faith. He was a man who, who had lived his faith. It wasn't just that he said he was a man of faith, he was living out his faith. It was evident in how he conducted himself. And David had acted out his faith. And now he finds himself, a switch has been turned. An event has taken place and now David is no longer acting in faith. 
Something has happened, an event has taken place, and now David is responding in a way. This chapter is David coming back, but what we find is David had, had made some bad decisions. He had made some decisions that put him in a bad place spiritually, put him in a bad place mentally, and it also put him in a bad place physically. Uh, and so uh, David here is crying out. So uh, when we look at uh, his events here, uh, I want to see three things this morning that I think we can identify with and how David got out of these bad places as we look at God is for you. I want you to see, first of all, what put David in a bad place. Number one, fear. Fear. First Samuel chapter number 21 is where we get the events. And I want to look at verse number 10 here. Uh, the Bible says, And David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. Now, now when we stop and read through that, it's like, okay, well, the Saul, the king, is trying to kill David. It just makes sense that David's going to flee. But David makes a decision of where he is going to go. David runs to the enemy of God's people. David ran from, the, from God's people to the world, if you would. David decided he, did not, he was not safe where he was at. His fear caused him to change what he was doing. And he ended up moving to, to the place of Gath. Now you got to remember that Goliath was from Gath. How in the world would you think that, why would you go back to the place of the, of the people, the homeland, of those that, that ended up bringing uh, the destruction? When you killed Goliath, I mean, he was there. He saw the enemies. He saw the valley of Elah between. He saw all that was taking place. He listened to Goliath's charges and his accusations and his challenges. He, he saw how, how the, the people of God had cowered, and, and God gave him strength to stand up and fight this man, kill him. There was a battle that ensued, and the Philistines had always been the enemy of God's people, always. Historically, they were always the enemies of God's people, and David chooses, because of his fear, to run to them. You know, fear will make us do a lot of crazy things. Fear will make us do something that we would not normally do. You see, faith, fear is the enemy of faith. Fear is the enemy of faith. Uh, David uh, was a man who lived by faith, but David's fear caused him to look for safety in the enemy camp. Let me tell you something. The world has nothing to offer you. As a child of God, the world is not your safe place. God's people, God's house, uh, being in the, in the place where God wants you to be, that is your safe place. The world is not our self safe place. When we feel like we can go to the world uh, because of our problems, uh, that is a dangerous place. No matter how bad God th uh, things get in our life, uh, we have to ask ourselves, is God sovereign? Am I in a Presbyterian church this morning? Is God sovereign? God is sovereign. Did God know what David was going through, where David was at? Was God going to be able to take care of him better somewhere else? 
You know, if God can't take care of us where we are, what makes us think he can take care of us somewhere else? You see, fear is what causes us to move. The devil, uh, he, he works in fear. The devil, uh, he, uh, he, he, he uh, engages in trying to bring fear because what he knows is that fear will cause us to move away from our faith. It is the enemy of faith. And when we get to a place where we are allowing the fears, I'm not minimizing the fear. I'm not minimizing the reality of what David was going through. But I am saying the same God that stood with him when he was fighting Goliath, the same God that was there when he was fighting the lion and fighting the bear, uh, that same God was with him where he was. If God could take care of him with Goliath, God could have taken care of him with Saul. Amen. So uh, God is sovereign. And if God is sovereign... We have to ask ourselves, is God able? Absolutely. God is able. He knows our situation. Then why in heaven's name do we move to a place outside God's blessings when problems come? You see, the reason we move is because of fear. It's not a step of faith. It's a step of fear. And when we move uh, outside God's plan for our life, God's, God had already directed his people. They weren't to have anything to do with the Philistines. This was a, this was a directive that God had already given. The, the Philistines and the Moabites and the Ammonites, and, and we look through these individuals, these nations of people that God had already declared, these are our enemies. Uh, these people were not to be, uh, to, to be uh, assimilated with. They weren't supposed to take uh, their people to be there. Uh, they weren't supposed to intermarry. They weren't supposed to have anything to do with them. It was a, it was a guidance that God had given uh, to these, these Old Testament people. And so uh, David here, though, he finds himself fleeing. Uh, I think about some other people in the scriptures that because of fear they fled. I think about Jonah. What was it caused him to go down to Joppa? What was it that caused him to find himself in the whale of the belly, or in the belly of the whale? Uh, what caused him to be there was because he was acting in fear. He did not want to do what God had wanted him to do. I think about Elimelech and Naomi and how they were uh, the people, uh, they were in Bethlehem, Judah, and we find them when there was a famine in the land that they went down uh, to the land of Moab. And, and, and this, was, this brought all kinds of judgment into their life. You know, if God can't take of us, care of us here, what makes us think that God will take care of us somewhere else? Amen. Now, we have, we have seen, we have seen how, how fear uh, has, has uh, impacted our nation, our world. If God can't take care of us in California, what makes us think that he can take care of us in Texas? If he can't take care of us here, what makes us think that he can take care of us in Florida or Texas or Montana? See, what is it that drives us in our decisions? 
And if we're not careful, we will start allowing fear to cause us to, to move. It will cause us to make decisions. It will cause us to start uh, looking a direction that is going to pull us away from following faith. Now, I'm not saying that everybody that moves is out of God's will. What I am saying, though, is when fear is the motivating factor, we are not following God. And fear is a tool that the devil uses. Uh, fear uh, moves us away from God. Fear will rob us of our faith. It will cripple us. It will make us incapable of moving forward. Uh, someone has said in a report, there was a report that was put on fear, and it said in spite of what they say, 90% of chronic patients who see today's physicians have one common symptom. Their trouble did not start with a cough or chest pain or hyperacidity. Uh, in 90% of the cases, the first symptom was fear. And, and this, is, uh, this goes through. It says, fear of losing a job or of old age or of being exposed. Sooner or later, this fear manifests itself as a clinical symptom. Not only does fear impact us and move us in our faith, our fear will also impact us in our health. We've seen the firsthand the impacts of fear this, this last year, fear of COVID. And it was a whole lot of unknown. And then fear of contamination and fear of crowds and fear of, uh, fear of church even. Uh, according to a Barner report last year, it said, uh, it said 35% are still and only attending their pre-COVID church. So uh, they're saying that of church goers, 35%, only 35% are still going to their church pre-COVID. Now that is terrible. It goes on, it says 14% have switched churches from their COVID uh, church, pre-COVID church. And then it says 32% have stopped attending church during COVID uh, and, and completely, uh, and that is including watching online. 32% have completely uh, quit everything with church, and then 18% are just uh, watching multiple churches throughout the month. And so it says of the online viewers, 50% of millennials say that they have not watched one service in the last four weeks of, of the churchgoers. And you stop and you just wonder, what, what has happened? How did this take place? It took place because originally there was fear that was put out. And fear has impacted us in so many ways. We don't even recognize all of the fallout that it has had. Uh, and so, uh, so here, when we look at that, uh, just the impact, fear is impacting how we live. Uh, you stop and think about what you do now versus what you did a year ago. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how fear has has controlled us. It has changed our priorities. It has changed how we live. Now, 
understandable. There's, when there is sickness, you got to be careful. And you, you need to take care of uh, issues that are real. And, and so there's definitely things that we do have to uh, mitigate and be aware of. Uh, but here we just see how that fear, though, has impacted uh, so many people's life. Uh, not too long ago, I had somebody come up who had told me that they're watching services online and, uh, and that they just couldn't come to church because of, uh, of the concerns for uh, health. And so, but he, he came up and he said, Pastor, uh, you know that this is going on? He says, you need, you need to say something about that. And this was on a Monday. He came up to the church and told me this. And so uh, on Sunday, I had spoke on it. I said, so, you weren't watching, you, didn't, you weren't in church Sunday, were you? He's like, oh, oh, I just missed that one. You know, the reality is our our fear, our actions, it has changed. And are there people that are watching online right now? We've got online, and I want to have online. There are people online that are, are there because they seriously do have, have some, uh, maybe it's a, uh, a, a weak immune system, and maybe they are uh, at a place where uh, it's dangerous for them to come. But majority of them that are watching, let me look right at the camera, still going to work, still going to the grocery stores, still going to Home Depot and Lowe's, still going everywhere else, just not church. Let me tell you something, our cleaning procedures here are far better than Walmart's. You'll be far safer here than you will be at Walmart or at, uh, uh, at one of the restaurants. Uh, and, and it's amazing, though, how we have allowed this area of fear to even cause us to not be honest with ourselves. It's changed us to such an extent that we have backed up. And we're not, we're, we're allowing Fear to control us to the extent that it is changing even our faith. And that is a dangerous place. David was in this spot here. Fear had caused him to go to a place he would never have gone before. Uh, and we see how fear, it changes people. Uh, they don't even realize what has happened. And to be honest, we, we all, myself included, we have to double check ourselves. Am I living by fear? fear? Am I allowing fear to stop me from doing the things that I need to do? So we see fear uh, is a part of this event. Uh, We see flight. 1 Samuel chapter 21 and verse number 10 uh, and 11. And David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said unto him, Is not this David, the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul hath uh, slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands? David here uh, ends up fleeing. He ends up, uh, fear has caused him now, uh, he ended up having to flee 
flee. He fled there. There's flight that is going on. Uh, and David, uh, in uh, 1 Samuel 22, 1 and 2, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And what do we find? Is we just find uh, this man who had, he had acted out in faith, had allowed the fear to grip his heart, but then it affected his actions. He ends up uh, in flight. He, he goes where he should not go. Uh, the man who had so many victories is having some major uh, failures. David looks at his enemies and he sees how his enemies back in Psalm 56, how they had twisted his words, how they had thought evil against him, how they gathered together. Uh, to, and you can sort of see them, just sort of imagine uh, when somebody's upset with somebody, you can just sort of see them uh, getting together around uh, and talking and whispering, and uh, maybe it's phone calls and text, or, uh, but you can see that uh, that process, and that's what David has, has witnessed. Uh, they were watching every step. The Bible said they marked his words. And when you mark words, what they're saying is they are looking for, for you to slip up. They, can't, they just can't wait for you to fail. They can't wait for you to trip and stumble. They're looking for anything, any chink uh, in the armor here. And these are, these are David's enemies. He said, they mark my steps. They're waiting and looking for a misstep. They desire to see him fail and fall. You know, how wicked is that for someone's focus to be that way? You, you're, you're identifying with the accuser of the brethren, you're coming alongside the, the one that God said who is the accuser of the brethren. Uh, he is uh, the devourer, uh, the accuser of the brethren, uh, the enemy. And, and we, we see uh, how, how, how the enemy wants to destroy. But David now, he's, he, ha he has... Uh, he has seen the, uh, the fear. The fear has gripped him. Flight was the response but then we see as he's coming back, verse number nine, he said, this I know for God is for me. So we see how God is for. God is for you. If you have enemies this morning, God is for you. He's for you. He knows about your enemies. He knows about those that are twisting your words. He knows about the ones that are texting about you. He knows about the ones that are, are posting things. He knows about the ones that are trying to, uh, trying to tear you down. Uh, God knows about that. And God is for you. God is for you. Don't allow the fear of the events that are going on in the world to cause you to flee. Don't allow the, the, the flight to be the response to where you're just trying to get out of where you are. God knows exactly what's going on. And God's for you. God's for you. When injuries come into our life, God is for us. When fear comes into our life, and it's real, everybody deals with fear. God is for you. When we don't know what to do, David's response here, he said, when I cry unto thee, 
Then mine enemies turn back. David was saying, listen, I'm just trusting that God is gonna take care of my enemies. I'm just gonna trust that God is going to take care of the problems that I'm facing here. And he says, uh, this I know for God is for me. Uh, no matter our situation, no matter our condition, God is for you. Uh, God being for you does several things. First of all, God being for you brings confidence. It brings confidence. Romans 8, 31, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who shall be against us? It just brings confidence. You've got enemies. You've got people that are, that are uh, bringing problems into your life, stresses and, uh, and issues that are there. Uh, God is for you. You can trust uh, that God is, God is a just God. God knows exactly what's going on. And he knows how to right the wrong. Second Kings 6, 16, and he answered, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And we just see how God shows himself true for his people over and over again. We see that being, God being for us brings confidence. God being for us brings comfort. Psalm 56, 11, in God have I put my trust I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. That brings comfort. You know, as God's child, we have the ability to endure the pressures and problems that life brings us. We don't have to act in fear. We don't have to allow the fear to control us. Why? Because we have a sovereign God. We have a God who loves us. We have a God who is just. We have a God who cares. And he will never leave us nor forsake us. And that right there helps us. Does it mean fear will always be gone? No. But when fear comes, if we look heavenward, we can allow our faith to have victory as opposed to the fear having victory. God is for you. He desires for you to have a fulfilled life. What a blessing. God has not left us in a spot where we just have to float and wander. 1 Thessalonians 5.24, the Bible says, Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. God wants to help you. He wants to give us that success. Uh, he is for your salvation. He is for your sanctification, your building up, your growing closer to him. He is for your success. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all things according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. And this morning, I want you to just to, to revel in the fact that God is for you. God is for you. If you're God's child this morning, God is for you. David had that confidence. God is for me. And if David could have that confidence, so can we. Now, you're here this morning. If you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, God is for you as well. And God is first and foremost for you becoming his child. 
He wants you to know. He wants you to accept him. He wants you to be a part of his family. And if you are not saved this morning, God is for you, first of all, being saved. Accepting Christ as your personal Savior. And if you've not done that, the Bible says now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. You know the needs of each heart. And, and Lord, I pray that you'd help us to just sense that you are for us. You are, uh, you are for your children and you want us, uh, Lord, to have that confidence. You want us to have that close relationship and we thank you for that. But I pray this morning that you would help us to, to sense that you are for us, that you care about not just the whole world, but you care about me. Uh, you care about each and every one of us as individuals. And then, Lord, if there's one today that does not know you as their personal Savior, I pray today would be the day that they put their faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, may today be the day of their salvation. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if I died, I'm going to heaven. I can go back in my mind to a time, a place. I know that I'm saved. You say, Pastor, that's me this morning. I know I'm a child of God. Just slip your hand up. Just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can put your hands down. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I've been attending for years. I've, I've come to this church and everybody knows my name. Or maybe this is the first time you've ever walked through these doors. You say, Pastor, I don't know. I don't have that confidence. I don't know if I died, I'd go to heaven. I'm concerned about it. Pray for me. I won't come back to you. I won't embarrass you, but I want to pray for you this morning. Say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven. Just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you right where you're at. Just slip your hand up. I see your hand. You can put it down. Who else? Who else? Pastor, I'm unsure of my salvation. Uh, I wish I could know, but I don't. Pastor, pray for me. Just slip your hand up. All right. Here in just a second, we're going to have an invitation. We're all going to stand together. And when we do, on that first, first note, just, just that first step, just step right out. Come. And we'll have someone take the Bible and show you what God has to say about you going to heaven. We'll answer any questions that we can. But don't leave today not knowing. Let's stand together as the instruments continue to play. If you are unsure of your salvation, let me encourage you to come. Maybe you just need to come to the Lord. Maybe you found yourself acting in fear and, and you've not allowed your faith to have victory. But as the instruments play, if the Lord spoke to your heart this morning, you respond. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc 4 Me. Org. That's BBC, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.